Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Two weeks ago, I mentioned a reflection on contemplative prayer, a prayer of chastity, purity of heart, as given by one of our friends, the Carthusians. I'd like to begin with that today for a different reason. What he said about this type of prayer was, and it's true with all prayer, he said it is surrender and joy in the pure receptivity of an absolutely gratuitous love. In other words, we surrender ourselves joyfully to a love that we don't deserve at all, but we're open to receiving it, even though we don't deserve it. He said, though, shaping our deepest being and transforming our heart of flesh in Christ into a heart that can finally love. Beautiful, I think. What does it mean? He concludes by saying, the chaste prayer is poor, with hands open to receive everything, empty hands that do not close over the gift. That last phrase is important for this gospel. Prayer, empty hands that do not close over the gift. In other words, we don't hug the gift to ourselves so that it can't get out. Worse yet, we don't smother it. The gift has a purpose. And the purpose goes beyond myself and goes on even beyond my relationship to God alone, although that must be there. I must have an individual relationship with God alone. There must be a moment when Jesus and I are together. People today criticize people who refer to Jesus and me, but sometimes it has to be. In fact, it has to be every day, sometime with the Lord and myself. But it can't end there, as today's gospel tells us. It tells us that John the Baptist has been arrested. Our Lord now goes proclaiming the gospel. He proclaims the words we heard during Advent, the first words, repent and believe. 
Now, repentance means confession and conversion, too, as we saw. That's the first thing they are called to do. Uh, That's his call to the world, to the people of Israel. But now he comes to his apostles, the ones who will become his apostles. He's passing by the Sea of Galilee, and he sees two brothers, Simon and Andrew. Notice what they are doing. They are doing the everyday things of life. They're going about business. They're casting their nets into the sea. And the gospel says very calmly, they were fishermen. In other words, very ordinary men. Nothing particularly unusual about them. Nothing one would expect from them, really. Uh, They are ordinary people doing ordinary things on a very ordinary level. They are fishermen. They aren't aristocrats. Uh, They're simply doing the business of life. Our Lord then changes the word for them. He says, once again, as he did last week, come. Come becomes the word. Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. They're being called now from what they were doing to a radically new life. A life which, like Jonah, is unknown to them. Remember what happened to Jonah? Our Lord wanted, God said to Jonah, you will go to the city of Nineveh and preach repentance before I destroy the city. And Jonah so much did not want to go that we have that wonderful story of Jonah in the whale. He's trying to run from the will of God, as we most, most of us do from time to time, if not with a certain regularity. He wants to do what Jonah wants to do. He does not want to go to Nineveh to do what God wants him to do. And so, of course, there's this great storm, and he's thrown overboard, and the whale consumes him, and he's, the whale then throws him up on the shores of Nineveh, where he's supposed to be. God will get him where he wants him, uh, one way or the other. And so Jonah then grudgingly accepts his responsibility to proclaim repentance to the people of Nineveh. And as the first reading tells us, he walked, wasn't even all the way through the city, but all of a sudden, everyone repents. They all repent. They are converted. And God now does not destroy the city or punish them because of their humility and their repentance. Jonah's done his job. Oh, by the way, Remember Jonah's reaction to that? Jonah was angry with God. He wanted God to destroy that city. They shouldn't repent. So he's angry. But today our Lord calls these people, Simon and Andrew first, to something they don't understand. They have no idea what their future is going to be like, as I've said before. As I've said this so many times in the last month and a half. You must be tired of hearing it. That one line of, remember, I go back to... Uh, said John Henry Newman, um, he may take my friends away from me, he does, he may throw me among strangers, he has, he may make me feel desolate, they will, make my spirit sink, and they certainly will, hide my future from me. They don't have a clue, but they follow him. We're told they abandoned their nets and followed him, just that simply, because they knew what the call of God was. Now, for most of us, the call of God will come radically at every moment, not to leave where we are, but to change what we are as we do what we are called to do, whatever that might be. We're being called to something radically different, although for most of us, we are not being called away from what we're doing, but we're called to be radically different in what we are doing. All of a sudden, we become prophetic when we weren't before. And what will happen, of course, is people will begin to wonder exactly what's happened. 
That's another matter. They follow him. He goes along a little farther, and here are James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Notice what they are doing. The same thing. The everyday business of life, they're in their boat mending their nets. They don't expect to be called. They don't expect anything to change that day. But it does. Our Lord calls them. Remember, our Lord's call is always a command. It's an imperative. There's no real option when God calls. We may wish there were one, but there's never an option when God calls us. So they leave their nets. They left their father Zebedee in the boat. Notice how the gospel puts it. They left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. Again, to what they do not know. Now, as I've said too, it will always be a following of him to where he himself is going. We should know that first of all, which means they are being called, as we are being called, to a life of radical sacrifice and radical transformation. That will happen every single day of their lives. None of these men are now what they eventually will come to be. Hopefully you and I realize that too. None of us now are really what we are being called to be completely. That still is in our future. Whoever we may be or however old we may be, that's the future for us as God would see it. And again, very often it will be a mystery. Again, our future is hidden from us. Uh, Well, we have come here today because we believe that because we want to hear the call. It comes as no surprise that power of that call comes anytime, but is always loudest when we are in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, in the presence of the Eucharist. That's when the Lord really shouts at us to follow. Uh, Because, as I said, we receive the gift, but we don't want to close our hands over it and smother it. The, The gift is to be taken. The gift is to be proclaimed. However, whatever that might mean, it may be something very simple if you're in the office or in the store or in the shop or in the restaurant, whatever it is. The call is there, and that's where the revelation of God will take place. I think you and I know what that means, but not often do we. Once in a while, we will encounter someone whose personality is magnetic, not because of some natural development, but because of some act of grace of which we are totally unaware. And we are supposed to be exactly that same sort of person. Again, that shock, that surprise. That only the Eucharist can bring about, as the apostles will learn. <clears throat> but only after much time and much frustration <clears throat> and many mistakes as well. So, um, today we are here as usual. We will leave different as usual. The question is how long we will remain different. If we can continue with that, then we've accepted the challenge of the gospel and the challenge of the body and blood of Christ. Not to go back to what we were, but like the apostles, to keep on walking, even if we have no idea whatsoever where we are going. That doesn't matter. It's with whom we're walking that does. Let us pray. Almighty Father, We come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. 
for the church throughout the world, especially the church suffering and persecuted. We will all respond to the call of God as it is made known to us. We pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, we will hear the voice of the Lord calling us to repentance, conversion, and the mission of the gospel. We pray to the Lord. For those who are sick and suffering or bear the cross of Christ in any way, they may have known they are called to be missionaries in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith and rejected the call, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for human life and especially this week for life in the womb, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood in the consecrated life, those young men and women who will have the apostolic courage given to the apostles will be visible signs of the kingdom of God and a call to conversion. For greater reverence for the apostolic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, that their lives will be first transformed by the gospel, they will spend time with the Lord, and having spent time with him, then be able to proclaim him. We pray to the Lord. Lord For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, having heard the call of the gospel, the call of the Lord, where we are, we may always be willing to move forward to what we are being called to be. We pray to the Lord. Now join our prayers to those of the Queen of Apostles as we sing. Mm-hmm. 